Welcome to Season 2 of the Week Pastor Podcast, where we view Christianity through the lens of vulnerability. Welcome to the Week Pastor Podcast. We are so thankful that you've joined us this week on a fresh new episode. We have a great topic that I think is going to really, really percolate your interest. Don't you think, Sua? Percolate? Yeah. Wait, what's our topic? You... Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, so... sorry. What's I, topic? You know, oh, okay. Yes. My pants are really tight this morning. <laughs> I'm trying to break in my 100% cotton rigid denim that I just bought yesterday because um, it was 60% off the clearance price. And I was like, well, oh, I, I just I um, want to know who in our audience understands rigid jeans, rigid cotton. <laughs> like you, you're explaining, you're like, my pants are so tight right now. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm so grateful oh, that you're gosh. sharing that with our audience. Yeah, no, I mean, I usually it's a, such a painful process. I've done it only once before. Um, <laughs> and I was like, never again. But then yesterday, the weather was so beautiful that I went to the mall, like an outdoor mall, and they were having a clearance sale. So I got these jeans for like $27. What? So then I had to do it. I was like, Wait, you know what? I'm so how much are those it. jeans regular? Like 110. Oh, okay. Wow. $27. Yeah. So I was like, Jeez. it's okay. I, I can do one more time. I can break in denim one more time. So I decided this would be the perfect occasion because I, it's not like I can leave in the middle of the podcast to be like, sorry, I got to change my pants. So I have to like endure the suffering. So we're just hoping like if, if, if Sua's voice is a little like one octave higher. Yeah. Just know it's probably because of her tight jeans. Also, if yeah. I start like like mumbling or like saying nonsense, it's because like I'm getting asphyxiated slowly. Like the blood flow is not going to you my sh- You brain. should sing that yeah, that Jimmy Fallon skit, uh, My Tight Pants. I got my tight pants no on. That Remember is. that one? Oh, it's no. hilarious. He does yeah, that skit. Yeah, I do have yeah. my tight pants on. Okay. All right. Well, that's not going to be the opening question. <laughs> Although that was an excellent one, Sue. Thank you for sharing that with our audience. You're welcome, everyone. Okay, so... I got a great question. If there is one thing you can change about your spouse, what would it be? If there's one thing you can change about John, oh, what only would it one? Be? Yeah, just <laughs> one. Come on. Just one thing. Well, let me take you on my list. Just kidding, one John. thing you can change about John. If there's one thing. All right. Listen, I'll, I'll give you two, but it's got to be quick. Okay. It can't be too long. All right. Like there, all right. But there's go? got to be one thing. All right, I'm going to go. I, I got, I'm yeah. going to say two quick okay. things, right? Two quick things. That's cheating. Uh, uh well the one one would be I just would love it if Jenny could write me like love letters like that I'm would not be this so again. no no just hear me on this because I'm an emotional guy and I love words like I just love it when somebody writes something you know and um I would really love it if she wrote me like love letters like when we dated she wrote me a total of zero love letters all right <laughs> zero. When it was my birthday, she would maybe write a two lines on her on my birthday card, and that's really it. Like she's just she's a woman of very few words, and I think it would be so nice, yeah, if she could just write me a love letter. That would be I would love to change that about her that she would like to express mm-hmm. herself through words and through her writing. That would be awesome. I would love that. Okay, so that would be number one. The second thing I would love to change about her, and this is this is more important. She is one of the most indecisive people that I know. And I just would love for her to just take the, you know, the bull by the horn and say, we're doing this today. We're going to do this today. Indecisive about what? Just like everything. Like, so I'll say, okay, so we'll go on a date. So like I do about 99.9% of all the planning for all of our dates, all of our vacations. When we go away, like whatever, I do all of it. She does nothing. She just, all she does is pack and get on the plane and she goes. I do almost a hundred. No, I do a hundred percent of it. She does nothing. So anyway, 
So I would love for her to just be have an opinion and say, listen, I want to go here. I want to do this. I want to do that. So let's make sure we do it. She never, never once. She's always so indecisive, indecisive. Even when we go out for like a like a date night and I'm like, honey, where do you want to go eat? Anywhere you want to go, whatever. And in the beginning, that was cool. Like, I like that. But we're, we're going to be married 24 years. So uh, I just would love for her to say, you know what? Today, we're going to go to, you know, Fontana de Trevi. Let's go eat there. Is that she's, restaurant oh, still there? Yeah, it is still here. It's excellent. And so and she's still just kind of, she's just indecisive. She doesn't have an opinion, a desire. She just kind of goes with the flow. And once in a while, it doesn't have to be all the time. I would just love for her to say, here's what we're doing. We're doing this. Here's the vacation we're going on. We're going to do this. And I'll and I'll plan some of it. But it's always just, you do it, I'll be there. So I would love to change that about her. So honey, if you're listening, please, <laughs> for, for my birthday gift, just one day, just plan it and say, this is what we're doing. That would like, that would be really great. I would, that would be like, you would be speaking my love language. And then write a letter to me. Did you know? Write a letter. The, the writing a letter weird. is not happening. I feel like. It's you never going to happen. Jenny, it's never going to happen. Jenny. Jenny. She, will, she, will, she will regret that when I die. I'm, I'm going to die Jenny. Um, Jenny, I have some good advice for you. Have you heard of Chad GPT? It's an AI technology <laughs> that can write things for you. <laughs> How do you know about All that? All you need to How do, you do know about is that? write a How very you know short, that? concise, um, like, goal of what you're trying to accomplish and it'll literally write you five paragraphs so jenny i got you wait wait wait. so how do you know about chat gpt who doesn't at this point know I about, didn't know about it until like a, it's like a all month over ago. the news really yeah and like wow. teachers are gonna have a real difficult time trying to decipher whether something was written by ai or um they, they I, can't. I, I did tell they john cannot decipher they cannot, cannot decipher i told john he cannot use chat gpt because the way he writes is so to the point that if he uses ChatGPT, people are going to be like, "Who wrote this? This is definitely yeah. not John." He writes yeah. like two sentences, no punctuation. You he know, care. you know, you know, AI is just going to make us more. It's just not going to make us very intelligent. I mean, it's going to like eventually, no one's ever going to have to write a paper anymore. They're not going to have to do research. I mean, just, AI is just going to do it all for us. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, maybe it's going to write sermons for you. Uh, well, so Tim Chartier, <laughs> um, he actually because uh, we talked about Easter service. And he, because he's so into AI, and he put it in our theme for Easter service, which is called our theme for Easter service is going to be rise. Um, so it's so he put the theme and what we're going to be talking about, and then he sent it to me, and it was like a four or five point sermon. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, but here's the reality: it's not me. That there's no way like I could preach a sermon like like I read it, and I was just like, oh no, that's not this is not me. I can't do that. So anyway, so I, I uh, anyway, I care Jenny. about I care about authenticity. But Honey Bunny, Jenny. Hun, listen, just one day. So we're going on a date. Here's what we're doing. I will I would be like, Jesus is coming back tomorrow. Okay. I just want to say I will have to I will have to do um, some extra repenting to get ready because if she does that, Jesus is coming back. Okay. Yes, I hear you. Um, but I also feel like in defense of Jenny. Why you gotta no, defend her? No, no, no. You because you know what her? it is? It's like, no, no. It's because <laughs> it's too, you know, it's like the the reason the the okay I'm trying this is my tight pants I can't talk Jenny <laughs> Jenny being as chill as she is and as um I don't think the word is indecisive I think it's just she just very go with the flow like everything is good and everything works 
Um, I feel like you're right. Like it does put a lot of pressure on the person who has to plan, but simultaneously, I feel like you're also reaping the benefit of having such an easygoing wife. And I feel like you can't really separate the two. Like it's one of those things. Like if you, would you rather have a wife who's critical of every single thing that you plan and constantly wants things hundred percent her way? I mean, I know you're saying, why you gotta gotta go there? No, no, no. And I'm only saying this because I learned this also. Because when I was dating John in the early phases of our marriage, or actually our early phases of our relationship, John was like, would get mad at the most petty things. And he mm-hmm. would get like jealous about the most petty things. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't understand why it ma- these things mattered so much to him. And like, just get over it. It's not a big deal. But then it took me a while to realize it's like two sides of the same coin. The The part that makes him petty and sensitive and easily angry at me sometimes it's the same coin the other side of it is this person is very thoughtful and considerate yes like remembers things that i tell him but it's like you can't separate the two they go together so you know you kind of got to choose which coin you want and if this coin is what you want then you got to take both sides Sua, I just want to say your facial expressions are a little different than normal. Is it because you're tight pants? Oh, my pants are so <laughs> tight right now. You have like this look, these like when you're speaking, I'm like, wow, I've never seen that look if before. If I turn <laughs> purple, like you need to like alert me. Like raise your okay. hand. <laughs> if I because it means that I'm really about red. to like heal over. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, honey, listen, I don't want you to change too much, but just one date, please, for the love of God. Just one <laughs> date. And you just plan I one date. I think there's AI technology for that so too. Happy. Just plan one date. All right. That's it. It doesn't have to be crazy. We could just go eat Sundubu at BCD, but just say, here's what we're doing. And that's it. And I'll be happy. So, I mean, anyway. it is very stressful to have to constantly be the one who plans everything. Oh, yeah. Um, you know what is even more stressful is when you're the person who plans everything and you give your partner one job to do and they fail at that job and now you don't have a hotel. <laughs> and, hotel uh, this is a hypothetical scenario, obviously. It's completely Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's uh, even more infuriating. But you know what, though? But- but here's the great thing about Jenny, and, and you're right. There's two sides of the coin here. She never complains about a vacation or a date or anything right. like that. She is just so easygoing. I think that's one of the. So she's and not happy. necessarily indecisive. She's just content with whatever yeah. we do. Yeah. And so I do love that she's willing to go with the flow in that way. So I love you, honey. Just just one date. Just one date. Can you just <laughs> and plan? one love I'm not letter? Asking, I'm one not even love asking, letter and one no, date. Sue, like you said, the love letter is never going to happen. All right. <laughs> so I will I will just be happy with one date. All right. Not a vacation, a date. All right. So Sue, what about you? What would you like to change? If you can change one thing about Johan, what would it be? Did you just call me Johan? Yeah, John. I mean, that is his Korean, Korean, yeah. Korean name. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, the easily fixed one that is not mm. too hard would be that I just need him to be a bit more organized. Like, I mean, just please, please, just please. If you drink water, like please put a coaster underneath. Okay. And please, if you brought water upstairs to the bedroom, take it downstairs. This morning I had to bring three cups downstairs because he just (laughs) drinks the water and then he just leaves it. And then when I complain, he goes, yeah, but it was water for the family. Like the family should be bringing it down. Like he's like, it's not just for me. He's the only one who drinks it. Like, why does he need a coaster? Why do, why do, why do you, why do you, why do we need, I don't, it leaves rings on my furniture. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Please, John, please. If you drink a cup of water and you bring it upstairs to the bedroom, you need to bring it down. Why do we have an accumulation of cups no, my, in my bedroom? But here's the thing. My girls do that. Like, we're uh, 
like we were like Kayla does it the most. And so I, I open up my cupboard and I'm like, oh my God, we have like no more cups. What's going yeah. on? We go upstairs and there's like nine cups it's upstairs. It's like a scavenger hunt. And I'm like, where are the cups? You got to bring these things down next time. All right. We're not coming up and taking the cups down. <laughs> so, yeah. Seriously. Also, please, for the love of God, if you eat something that is like a little bit sticky in texture, such as yogurt, <laughs> chocolate cake, I don't know, like butter, can you please rinse it? Just please rinse it. Okay. Don't just leave it in the sink because you know who has to clean. I have to use my nails to like, you know, yeah. just like carve that, that crap work, yeah. off of the utensils. Yeah. Like, please, for the love of God, just a little sprinkle of water to like that's dissolve it. it. Please, that's, that's all, all it I takes. need. That's so all I listen, need. listen, John, I'm always on your side. All right. And uh, I usually identify with I could always identify with you, but those are the things I I don't I don't do that. I don't I don't do I always put water. I, I yell at my son because my son does that. You know, rice, you gotta dip put it in water. Yes. If you don't, it dries up in the sink. It and then it's impossible. Up. So I'm like, dude, just put some water in there, man. It's not it's that so, hard. So clean. It's not that hard. It's okay. not that hard. All right. All right. Okay. Please. Also, for the love of God, no, no, pick, no, no, no. pick up your pants. Oh, just please. On. This is all the same theme. Like, all right. why? Something different. Something different. Something no, different. So that's my first one. Okay. Like, okay. Please. Yeah. Let's be pick civilized. <laughs> let's live like civilized people and not hogs. Okay. Please. <laughs> that's all I ask. <laughs> what do you mean? Pick up his scrubs. He's probably got scrubs lying around. Well, he does, but he's like, it's okay. Those are clean. I'm just going to wear them tomorrow. I'm like, oh, fine, nice, whatever. Nice, nice, nice. But just please. Okay, that's number one. Okay. Number two right. is John's like a really bad listener. And he's <laughs> yeah. so lucky because no, 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 I'm no, pretty but... chill. And so yeah, it doesn't but... bother me that much. But he just like, you know what's the... And I don't think that's because I don't think that's because he doesn't want to listen to you. Like I'm this is I'll come to his defense. I feel like now. you're anyway, projecting. Go. Are you projecting? Go. No, go for it. Go you're for projecting. it. You're projecting. No, go for no. it. Go for it. Keep, keep going. You know what? Okay, I will and I bet you you're guilty of this. Okay. I can just yeah. see it in your okay. eyes right now. <laughs> I can um, see it in your eyes. Do you know what is the most infuriating thing is when you're talking to your husband and the and he's clearly distracted by something else, like on his phone. But no, no, here, no, that's not the inferior part. The infuriating part is then you say, can you listen to me? And then they say, I'm listening. I can tell you exactly what you just said. That is like the kiss of death. I don't <laughs> care if you can verbatim repeat to me what I just said. I need you to look in my eyeballs when I'm talking to you. Why are you looking at your email? He's like literally drafting an email while I'm talking to him. And then here's the worst part. Okay. Sometimes he'll be like, no, I'm listening. I can tell you exactly what you said. And then he does this like cursory looking up now, like just to make sure he knows, like, I know that he's like listening, but at the same time, he's still drafting his email. I'm like, you're, you're like one second, like looking at me up and down a couple times while you're drafting does not solve this problem. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, sometimes this is even worse. He's actually, I start saying something to him and he's listening, but then he gets distracted and starts doing something else. And then he, he, I, I've lost him, but I don't know that I've lost him because this is how he usually listens to me. Uh -huh. And then I'll be, and then I stop because I'm like, so what do you think? And then he's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? What? And he's like, oh, sorry, I wasn't listening. So then I had to tell him like, John, if you get distracted while I'm telling you something, and you're not listening anymore because it's urgent and you can't be focusing on me. You need to be like, oh, can you hold on for a second? Because I have to do this real quick. I'll come right back to you, but yeah. I need to do something yeah. so that I'm not telling you the story. And then after like seven minutes of me going on my monologue, he's like, what? Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. So in his defense, so I'll, no! I'll, I'll, share, no! I'll, I'll share a funny story. So um, one time Jenny was talking to me. 
And I mean, at least John stays stationary, right? <laughs> no, I'm he doesn't. I follow him around. That's exactly what Jenny was doing. She was following me around the house. She's talking about certain things. I'm like, oh, shoot, I got to put this in the laundry. I got to do this. So she's talking. She's walking around. She goes, if you don't stop, I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll stop. And she could. And so I just, at the end of the day, like, so part of this is like, you know, and John hasn't been diagnosed and I have, right? ADHD. Are you it's saying very, he, he is ADHD? He, he just might. hasn't been diagnosed. Men, 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 a lot more guys have it, right? But we're so easily distracted. But I like for me, like it's hard. It's hard sometimes to just stay zoned in on one person, just watch, look at them the whole time, and just be fully attentive to them and not just get completely drained. So like that's how that's how ADHD mind works. So I don't know. So in his defense, mm. maybe he has ADHD. Give him cut him a little slack. But that's his def- that's your defense of it. Maybe he has gotta, undiagnosed you, illness. Maybe, maybe, right? Because I'm trying to I'm trying to support John here. But like you said about Jenny, he's so good in so many other ways. He's so good in so many other ways, right? So sorry, how does this help? Things. How does this play out? Like what's the good flip side of this coin? It's a great husband. You always say he's like the one of the best husbands. Like he's no, your no, best no, husband. No, no, he is. Well, yeah. he's my only husband. Yeah, um, I'll let you know after I try some other rooms out. <laughs> if he dies early, sure. you're going to get remarried. <laughs> no, but, but, oh, by the way, after that episode um, aired, I actually said to him, I said, so like Pastor Peter says it's really selfish of people when they say like you can't. <laughs> um, and I said to him, I said, but like, you you would be okay. Because I was like, who's going to drive me to my colonoscopy? Like, you would be, yeah. you would be okay. And then he still looked at me. He's like, no. <laughs> he said, Uber it, Uber it. No, he said, it's not cool. So he's still on team no remarriage for me only. Oh for him, it's okay. Because he yeah. but for me. That's a double standard, no. man. I don't agree with him on that. But any event, Anyways. I just could relate to John. I could relate to him, but he's still a, a pretty darn amazing husband. All right. Those are those are definitely like I'm, no, I'm the listening no. thing can be a big thing. I get it, but those are smaller things than than the things that could really, you know, be a hard. It's for, true, for but I also kind of want to tell John, like, and maybe this is the same thing that I would say to you it's okay to like slow down a little bit like yeah, not everything has to be happening in it's real time like, all the time yeah, it's got to be turbocharged speed yeah i mean yeah really it's yeah. like not everything has to be as efficient as possible so because you know, sometimes yeah. it's okay to take a break and listen that's to right. your wife you're absolutely right absolutely absolutely and it's okay to just slow down and that's been sort of like my big thing that i've been working on a lot is just i gotta slow my down my down my life a lot more and so, uh, and obey the speed limit, drive according to the speed limit. You know, it's been really helpful having an electric car. And when you're on a highway, it just drains the battery like no tomorrow. Yes. And so I get on the slow lane and I just regenerate as much as I can. And I drove, I picked up my daughter last week and uh, from Rutgers and I regenerated. And let me tell you, I did amazing. And I, and I drove average speed, probably 45 to 50 miles an hour on the highway. That is actually like 20 I couldn't for believe you. I did that. I couldn't yeah, believe I'm trying shocking. to slow it down. I'm trying to that's slow it down. pretty shocking. And trucks were like tailgating me, like, hurry up. You better hurry up. Like high beaming me. You better go faster. So I was like, okay, I better go faster. But anyway, all right. Uh, enough. I I mean, so much. You like. I just said one or two things, and like, man, you, if I you probably like ten things you could say about John. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got to get them on the podcast so they can say what is one thing they would like. I to change feel like about we us. should like heat this kind of conversation up so that they feel like they need to come on and like defend themselves and speak for themselves. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. maybe the, Sua. That's it's genius. That'll here. that'll get it's them. To say, okay, I'm going on the show. 
and I'm going to say something. But mm -hmm. anyway, we got to shift focus here a little bit. Uh, one of the things I do really respect about you, Sula, I think you're a really an amazing mom. You don't I think, even know what kind of mom I am. No, I do know what kind of mom you are. So I think you're a really great mom. I think John's a great dad. And we want to have a show just to talk a little bit about parenting. Listen, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. We've made our mistakes. We've made, oh, goodness, have we made our mistakes as parents. But at the same time, I think uh, we've learned some things over the years. Now, my kids are, you know, I have two that are in college and one that's a junior in high school. So my kids are a bit older. You're coming from this more because your kids are younger. I think that that's a really great perspective for us to have. Um, just some thoughts about parenting um, when kids are younger, parenting when kids get older, things like that. So I just thought maybe we can have a show about parenting and just kind of see if we uh, we can kind of learn from each other, and maybe give some nuggets of wisdom from our audience. Or maybe, maybe, Sua, there are some revelations you can help me to see about myself that I need to work on to be a better parent. So I, Okay, I don't know. It's kind of funny that you're saying nuggets of wisdom because I literally feel like I have no wisdom to impart. Oh, come on. Um, especially today because, um, you know, okay, so rewind a little. I have a couple of houseplants and some of my houseplants have started dying. I think it's because <laughs> Columbus has no sun. Um, but recently... <laughs> <laughs> or is it just because you're terrible at raising plants? Like Jenny is horrible. Oh, she kills every plant she, somebody gives her. She has killed every okay, single but one. Here's the irony. So, I, so first of all, I killed a plant. And when I asked <laughs> the lady at the plant store why this plant is dying, this is truly just <laughs> you gave it too bonkers. much water. Yes. Yeah. She said, I've overwatered it. I was like, never in the history of me killing pants at plants. And it's a long history of killing plants. Why, did, plant you, why did you just say pants? You said pants. Pants. I, it's it's Freudian slip. Pants? <laughs> but seriously, I have never killed a plant yeah. by giving it too much love. <laughs> like, it's, it was too much for it. Yeah, you like, overfed it. It died. She was like, in Columbus, you don't need to water it this much. There's no sun here. But the other, okay, but then recently, there's this app that I've discovered. And you can actually scan your plant and it tells you what state it's in and what it requires. Come so I just scanned this on. one plant. Mm -hmm. Wow. I just scanned this one plant because it looked like it was dying. And then it told me that it's in fair condition and it like zoomed into like some of the like leaves turning yellow. And it was like, I think that it needs a little bit moisture and it needs a little bit more indirect sunlight and all this stuff. Like it gave me like bullet points. And I was thinking, God, it would be so nice if there could be an app and I could take a picture of my children and they would tell me what their current state is and some bullet points on like how to make them better. Like, wouldn't that be so nice? It would be amazing. It would be amazing. And that could be a great app. Um, and somebody <laughs> who's an inventor can come up with that. That would be amazing for them to go boop. And like look out. into their emotional and yeah, spiritual yeah. and physical state and tell me, oh, well, this one, she needs a couple is, of more vitamin happen. D, yep. also a little bit more hum humbling and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Why, why is it just why is it just your kids? Maybe maybe that app will tell you that you got to work <laughs> on some things, not just your kids got to change. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to change no, but I, have, here's the, I have completed so here's the thing like the ai is going to get so developed that they're going to say stuff they're, they're going to be our counselor they're going to counsel our kids they're going to counsel us they're going to give us input while we're yelling at our kids that's that's the future and that's what's going to happen in the future which is going to be really crazy and uh, i don't i don't know i don't know if i want to be a part of that ai world so I'm okay. What do you mean you don't know if you want to be a part of it? You're already part. Do you know Listen, how much I just of learned about AI already... a few weeks ago? Okay. Yes, Pastor Peter, and it freaked you're, me out. You're only thinking of AI as like Skynet or whatever. Like, th that's not the kind of. We already use AI like all the time in everything we do. I know. Like, my Alexa is AI. 
Yeah, yeah. So I feel like it's weird that you're like, oh no, AI. But AI is like so everywhere right now. We already use AI all the time. I'm using, I don't even know it. So anyway, yeah. Okay. Anyways. Anyway. So Sue, please share with the audience some of your best (laughs) parenting practices that's helped you along the way. Well, again. (laughs) The reality is your kids love you, right? Um, They have no choice. They don't know any better. No, 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 no. Trust me. Kids have a choice. I know that. Kids have a choice no matter what. But like, yeah, like what? what, So maybe, maybe, maybe we can start off by, by saying this. What has been like, like maybe the, like, one or two or three things that you've learned over the years that maybe some things that you've made in terms of mistakes that you could you said man if i had another go at it here are some things that i would change differently as a parent like back then when you first had kids you know and stuff like that um are there like one two or three things that you felt like you could do potentially better well i'm not gonna answer that question um but i'm gonna answer kind of a variation of that question because um like just this morning right I'm not going to reveal which of my children, but I only have two. So it's a 50-50 chance, chance here. So, chance that right, you I'm would be guess. correct. I'm going to guess. Um, I will not say yes or no, but you can okay. feel free to guess. You would neither deny or... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can neither, neither deny nor confirm. Yeah. So one of my children, we, we were walking to the bus stop. And um, I'm going to try to make this story very short because there's like a whole backstory to it. But basically, um, my daughter bought a headband that I told her not to buy at Claire's. Claire's is not a sponsor, so I can say this. Claire's stuff is junk. Okay. It breaks like wait, wait, all wait, the wait, time. Wait, wait. So your daughter has money to just go buy something? Yeah, like, like when she has like she gets her an allowance and then, you know, when oh, like okay. okay. And so she like, went with her friends. Stuff. She went with her friends. No, no, no. Oh, I, okay. I took her, but if she wants to buy something, like I'll subtract it out of her account. I have an account gotcha. for her. Okay. So anyway, she bought this $15 headband that had like cat ears or something and of course i told her not to buy it because i'm like remember all of your clear stuff breaks in like two days do not spend 15 dollars, which is like half of your money but she did and it broke and so me out of the goodness of my own heart i was like you know what i'm gonna be a really good mom and show her grace i'm gonna buy her a new one so while she was at school i bought her a new one um you bought her a new one from Claire's, even though you mm-hmm. know it's going to break in two days? Well, I made sure I tested it to make sure it was like sturdy, like sturdily right. hot glued on. So this morning, I'm, I say to her, child, why don't you put on your headband that I bought you? And she was like, okay, whatever. And she wasn't very grateful, which already made me angry. But then she put it on and she put it on with the tag still on. Like the tag was still yeah. on the headband. So as we're walking out, I'm saying to this child, I think we should remove the tag. And then she looks at me and she goes, no. And I said, but the tag's supposed to come off. Like the tag, you can't wear it with the tag. She's like, why not? And I was like, because the tag, it's not supposed to, you're not supposed to wear it with the tag. Like it doesn't look right. And then she goes, she looks in the mirror and she goes, I think it looks fine. That's what she said to me. So I said, but it doesn't look fine. I said, it doesn't look fine. The, the tag looks stupid. It doesn't look fine. And she goes, well, I think it looks fine. And that's my opinion. So it can't be wrong. Opinions are not right or wrong. That's my opinion. Wow. She's okay. like 10 so out I'm of triggered. 10. I'm triggered. Okay. I yeah, am triggered. At that this is point. amazing. Go, Audrey. Okay, no, I can neither right. confirm okay, nor okay, deny. Okay, okay, sorry. I thought maybe a tight jeans will, will give you a little 40 slip. But obviously you are you are locked in, girl. You're locked in here. But it's like it's not even like what she says. It's the way she says it to me. She's really smart. <laughs> like she's like, you can't opinions are not truth or like truth or wrong, like fact oh, or wrong, like errors. Like opinions are opinions, and I think it looks fine. What's wrong with that? Like she's so like savage and arrogant about it, and it really triggered me. 
Okay. It really triggered me. So I still stand by, I still stand by what I said. I think it looked hella stupid to be walking around with a headband (laughs) with a tag still on. I mean, you look dumb. Like what's going on? But I may have gotten a little triggered and been a little bit mean in my response. Did she cry on her way to school? She cried. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And because, okay, so basically, fast forward a little bit, we went back and forth (laughs) about like back and forth about like, you can have your opinion, but this headband, I was like, this headband was not created to be worn with the tag on. So you can do whatever you want, but and you can look stupid if you want. But I can tell you that when the designer of this headband created this product, it was not (laughs) intended to be worn with the tag on because it looks stupid. And then and then like she kind of got like a little bit taken aback because like I'm coming on real strong. So so then she's like she was like kind of quiet and I said, "You know what? Blank name of child, don't ask me for advice anymore. If you're not going to listen to my advice about stupid things like this and you're going to go and look stupid like this, then don't come to me for advice about other things because clearly it's very clear to me that you don't want my instruction. Okay? It's clear to me that you are you are you don't want to be rebuked or disciplined. So like it says in Proverbs, your flesh and your body will be consumed at the end of it and you will be Wait. gnashing. You did not quote scripture, did you? You will be like, you will. No, no. Okay. But anyway, and then of course she got like all upset. So she starts crying. And then she was like, no, no. And I said, okay, then you better apologize to me. And then, wow. So you she, are savage. So then she goes, sorry. And I was like, what was that? I can't hear you. She's like, sorry. And I said, I need you to tell me exactly what you're sorry about because that's nice. not a repentant oh, that, apology. See, that's good parenting. Tell that's me exactly parenting. what okay. you're sorry about. So then she told me and then she cried and then she was crying when she got on the bus. And you know what? Did I feel right about it? I mean, it, did it feel good for a little bit? Yes, because I won. But then right after, did I feel good about it? Not really. Heck no, no yeah. because I felt really terrible that I put a crying child on a bus, right? Like, did it? it <laughs> but here's. Do so immediately. I would like to do a do-over, um, and I think this is like my worst times of my parenting. And I can look back on my ten years of parenting and tell you every time that I felt like, man, I really wish I could do it over. Yeah, are like the times when I felt like emotionally got triggered by something. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. most of the time I can make wise decisions, but it's always when I lead emotionally. Yeah. that I say things and do things Absolutely. that I really regret later on. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and so if I can, if you know, if I can give you some parental advice on yes, this one, give me some parental. I, I advice. think it would just be great for you, and we'll talk about this. But I think as parents too, so like I, I think yeah, you know, your child who said this to you, you know, it was definitely triggered you and things like that. And you made her apologize, but I think it's important for you to apologize as well, and just say, hey, listen, uh, I'm sorry. Like if you feel like there's some wrong that you've done, I just think as parents that's so important to do because if we don't apologize to our kids. Um, then they're never going to learn to apologize themselves, you know, and stuff. And I think it's really key to let them grow up in a home way where when mom and dad makes a mistake on me, that they're actually going to ask for forgiveness. And I think that's a really important because I've made so many mistakes. And one of the things I'm grateful for is that I've always been able to just say, hey, will you forgive me? Like, I'm really sorry that I did that. And because I think we're always going to make mistakes. We're going to get triggered. We're not perfect, right? We're just emotional beings. And We'll make mistakes, but I think it's important to just say, "Hey, I'm sorry. I I I, uh, I messed up on that. Will you forgive me?" And the kids are just amazing. They'll say, "Of course, of course." 
So I think this is like, and I think I mentioned this um, in another episode, but I feel like at the end of the day, it comes down to not to like over spiritualize this, but like when she said that to me, right. The reason why I was triggered was because I felt like it was a personal attack on me. Yeah. Like I was like, you're yeah. personally attacking yeah. my advice yeah. and my yeah. guidance. Yes. Instead yes. of seeing, like recognizing the situation yeah. for what it is, which is yeah. it's her sinful nature. It's yeah. her desire to be in yeah. control of her own life, to yeah. be the navigator of her own life. Yeah. Like she wants to make her own decisions for her own life. It's her opinion. And it's the same thing that I do in my own life, right? Is like, with God, no, it's my life. Like you can tell me what you want, but this is my life and I'm yeah. going to make my own decisions, like hands off. Right. Yeah. And it's the same exact sinful nature, but I don't. And I think when I take a step back and I recognize it as she's a broken person, I'm a broken person, yeah. we're all just broke, equally just broken, broken. for God. Yep. It's so much easier to have Absolutely. compassion on that because yeah. man, I struggle with the same thing in a different way. It's not about headbands and tags, but it's about other things. But I feel like in that moment, it felt like such a personal attack yeah. on me. And I think that's why I felt triggered. And as to your point about apologizing, I mean, this is the weak pastor podcast. Yeah. It's like the same exact yeah. um, application, like weak parents, yeah. you know, like weak I feel parents. like you're right. Yep. Like it is so important to show them that we are not perfect. And yep. the way we do that by showing them just like you are broken, I also am broken. That's right. That's right. Um, and acknowledging it, yep. I think shows the fact that it really glorifies God because it's like only God is perfect. Yeah. And that's why we have to rely on God. And, and you teach them repentance at an early age. Like when you do something wrong, you actually have to say sorry. Like like that kind of education that they'll get in the home. That's why I don't think trying to be a perfect parent is, is healthy for your kids because they got to see you model brokenness, right? They got to see you model this so that when they get older, they too will be able to say, hey, listen, I'm sorry. And they'll learn from what their parents have done. And that's why it's so important that that happens. So, you know, it's great. Did she wear the headband to school? Yeah. Did she not? She did. Yes. With the tag on. Yes. So here's, here's the, now let me affirm your parenting. <laughs> I think the greatest thing, one of the things that we have to do as parents early on, and then I'm going to share a real like bad parental fall, fail in my own life. And I think that's important since you shared yours, I'll share mine. But one of the good things that you're doing, Sua, is at a young age, is that you're giving your kids the power to decide. You give it, you're allowing them to take responsibilities to make decisions on their own. And you're not like you could have said, we are not leaving until you take that tag off. And you know, some parents, it's a very like totalitarian parenting. Like you do this, and if you don't do this, here's a punishment, right? And what happens is that when you don't give your kids the responsibility to make decisions and for them to live with the consequences or not, uh, or you know, or, or not, um, they're not going to be able to make good, wise decisions when they get older. Mm. And that's why it's so important to give them the ability to make decisions, and they have to live with it. So, like, I, I love it that you're giving them allowance, and they can spend whatever they want with it, right? But there are consequences to the things that they do spend, right? They, 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 they will be, but that they can do that. So, the earlier you can get your kids to make decisions. Like give them the responsibility to make it and you don't interject it as parents, the better they're going to be when they get older and they become an adult. They'll make such good decisions when they get older because they've had so much practice to making good decisions. They've learned from their bad ones as well and they'll be more responsible adults. And that's the thing. And too many times with parents, um, I, I, I think one of the things that they do is that they totally take away their kids' capacity to make decisions. 
They won't give them a decision. They don't have a decision because they tell them what needs to be done all the time. And then your kid is so dependent upon you to making all that all the decisions in their life. By the time they get to adults, they just give you the middle finger and say, screw you. I'm an adult now. I'm not going to do anything you say anymore. And then they just go and make terrible decisions in their life. And so I think what you're doing is actually really good, that you're giving your daughter that you didn't say, okay, you know what? Then take that off. You're not going to like, because you're a parent, you can do that. But the fact that you let her wear that headband with the tech on, that's just, that's actually really good because you're letting her, you know, make her decisions and she's going to live with the consequences or not, or if it's going to be a good decision, whatever it might be. But the fact that you are, I think that's really cool. So that's one of the best parenting advices I give to people. Let your child make decisions at an early age, give them that responsibility, but then also teach them that there's going to be consequences of those decisions if they choose to make it. So like one of the things that we did early on with our kids, our kids used to go to bed at like 8, 30, 9 o'clock every day. And like one of the things we would do is we'd read a story, we'd pray together as a family, and it became such a routine for them, right? And I attended this parenting seminar. This was the best advice I got. And it was that, let your kid make the decision. So I just said to them, going forward, I was like, you guys make a decision what time you're going to go to bed. But here's the thing. If you don't go to bed at nine o'clock, we are not going to pray as a family. All right. You're not going to get a story. You're just going to go up and you're going to sleep. All right. And so like a couple times they would make those decisions like, you know what? Yeah, we're going to stay up till 930. We're not going to we're not going to go to bed. All right. That's 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 your decision. But we're not going to pray as a family and we're not going to do story time. Now, like to them, those are big things because they're such creatures of habit. And I think they finally realized, no, I'd rather go to sleep on time and because I want to pray as a family. And I want to get a story before I go to bed. So, you know, those are some of the things. But look, teaching them to make uh, decisions at an early age is one of the best parenting things you can do for them. And I think you're doing that with, with. Uh, oh my God, I almost said her name again. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah, well, you're you. not going to. No, but no, you're not. you're right. And I I just want to add that, and I know this obviously is pretty obvious, but just in case, um, it obviously has to. You have to factor in what your child is capable of deciding so you can't just take like a two-year-old and be like decide what your bedtime is because yeah. that child is incapable yep. of making that decision um so as a parent it's your responsibility to gauge um what your child is capable of deciding at what age mm -hmm. you know i read this article in the new york times and it basically was saying the best way to parent um they kind of use the analogy of kind of putting a fence around your kid and letting them roam free inside that fence yeah so you can you have to set the boundaries for them. Yeah. But then within those boundaries, you have to let them do yep. whatever it is yep. that they want to do. And obviously this boundary gets wider and wider as your kid gets more mature and older. But the point is you draw the boundaries, but That's within right. those boundaries, you let them do whatever it is that yeah. they want to do and yeah. fail and fail as much as they need to fail. Because, you know, we've learned this time and time again now. And I think with the Gen Zers, not to like knock on Gen Z, but I know there's a lot of issues with Gen Z and mental health and instability and all these things. And a lot of research has come out saying that a big reason, if not the primary reason for this is the parents and how they raised this generation. Yeah. yeah. And what they did was they took away the freedom of choice from yes, these children. And exactly. they literally made every single yep. decision for their children yep. in, in this goal of keeping Absolutely. And Absolutely. unfortunately, it completely backfired because yeah. by keeping your child safe from every single wrong decision, right. you've basically taken away their ability to make good decisions. Yes. And now they're just paralyzed with That's fear it. and anxiety about everything. And then, you know? yeah. And they have no idea how to make decisions as an adult because they've never had practice as kids. And so, like, we have to let our kids practice making good decisions and bad decisions and they can learn from it. 
so that when they become an adult, they can make really good informed decisions. And they'll still make bad decisions. Like I I know with my daughter Christina, she's 21, right? Like I I trust her so much. Like I trust her, like in terms of if she brings home a guy, like, like hey, I'm dating this guy. I'm like, that's great. If you like him, then I'm sure he's great. Like, I just trust her so much. Like, I don't feel like, oh, I gotta figure this, I, I gotta make sure it's good or like this person is good or not. Like, I trust her with her career choices because she's just makes really good sound decisions. And she's made some bad ones growing up and she's learned through that. Mm -hmm. And I just think like I just have so much faith and trust in her. And that's just really, really key. So yeah, I agree with you on that because when when we parents take away the ability to have our kids choose and make choices then they just don't know how to do it when they get older and i think that's really tragic so anyway uh and oh and the, the, the other thing i want to say is like parents like can i just encourage you to stop praying to god for your kids safety mm. like that's like a primary topic for every parent oh god please keep my kids safe let let not not get hurt when they go to school what like, I just feel like all we care about is for God to keep our kids safe. Now, I get it. I understand, like, you know, there is an overarching safe that you want. But you got to just, like, the prayer that I've been praying for my kids isn't that God would keep them safe. I just say, God, would you just take over their lives in a place where you will allow them to go through good things, but also hard and challenging things so that they would truly know that you're their God that loves them. Mm -hmm. And in order for them to know that, they're going to have to go through some crap. They're just going to have to go through some crap. And so this idea of trying to shelter and protect our kids, that is a really like that's we're, we're, we're stifling our kids growth and we're stifling them to truly be independent of you so that they can truly have a, a real deep uh, primary relationship with God rather than just this inherited faith from their parents. But they can really start taking ownership of their faith. I think, and I just think yeah. it's so important. So parents, stop just praying for your kids' safety. Pray that they would thrive in God's love and his mercy and that they would be good in what they do for God. And that they would also want to live out the mission that God has for them. But they're not going to get there unless they go through some crap. Like they have to go through some crap, unfortunately, because that's how they know the true goodness of God, not just when God keeps them safe. In fact, if God's kept you safe all this time, sometimes it's really hard to know that God is truly good. You know he's good when you've gone through some crap and you realize what he's been able to get you out of, you know, and that's when you really do. So anyway, that's the only thing I would, the other thing I would say, but I would share a shameful moment for me. And so for me, one of the things I would say is uh, my shame has really hurt um, my parenting ability. And if I dealt with it earlier, I think I would have been so much of a better parent um, as as my kids were really young. But shame plays such a big role in my life um, uh, with it. So one of my biggest parental fails, I think, was with my son with his baseball. And um, man, like, you know, growing up, I don't know if I ever share this in a podcast, but Sue, I know you know this. Like people would always say to me, like even like my friends, they would just say, man, you're such a waste of height. You I know, think like you have such, shared that on the podcast. Yeah, uh, did I share that? I think so, so. So there is shame in there, right? Because yeah, like I'm built like a professional, like I'm the size of like a like a professional athlete. I'm six, not like a basketball player, but even though there are a lot of basketball players my six feet four inches tall. But when you look at like, because my son's playing baseball even now, like if my son was my height right now, if he was six feet four inches tall, oh my goodness, like. People would like uh, college scouts would look at him even more because I have sort of like that height, right? So growing up, I was, I'm still uncoordinated, but growing up, 
<laughs> oh my god, Sua! I couldn't b- dribble well, a ball. You, kept, you couldn't adjust to your height. You just kept growing. Sua, I couldn't dribble and run at the same time. I mean, I was just so <laughs> I was just so not coordinated, and then I couldn't dunk for like such a long time. And so, like a lot of my friends, and they were just you know they don't mean to hurt me, but they're just like, man, what a waste of height. If I had your height, I'd dunk, you know, and stuff like that. So anyway, when my son played baseball, that shame I think still lived with me. Mm-hmm. That I put so much pressure on that kid to perform, and when he didn't perform, Sua, I would get so angry. Especially because my son has Jenny's personality; he's just so relaxed about everything. Mm-hmm. And so when he was, I think, eleven or twelve years old, he was playing um, in an All Star game. He made it to the All Star team with uh, with the town, and um, he had a horrible game. I think he struck out like three times, like and and and. They were against pitchers that were just, they weren't even good. They weren't even good pitchers, but he was just striking out. And like, I'm like so upset because we, you know, I think we lost by one or two, uh, one or two runs. And I'm like, you could have done something and everything. And he didn't perform the right way, but I just, I at least want him to feel bad. So we go to like right after but the you game, wanted him to feel bad. Of course, I want him to feel bad because he has to like, like learn. And be competitive and be like, I got to get better. I got to get better. Like, I got to get upset. You know, I got to get a little angry because and disappointed about my performance. But this kid, like we're in the car and like we're heading up to Pilgrim Pines. This was like our church retreat and stuff. And like, at least for me, I would probably lose some sleep as soon as we get in the car and we're driving up. And I give him some pointers and like, and he knows I'm I'm, I'm, I'm upset. And I say some things, right? And uh, and we're driving up to uh, we're driving up to Pilgrim Pines. This kid falls right asleep, and he sleeps for like three <laughs> and a half four hours. And I'm just thinking about what planet are you on? You just had the worst performance, like up there. You were not hitting whatever, and you just sound asleep. Like you're just doing well. And uh, I said something that hurt him like really bad. And and he shared this with uh, Pastor IJ once, and IJ shared it with me. And um and I remember when we were driving up. I said to him, I said, Christian, you're not good enough to think that you're going to perform if you don't put in the practice and the work. You're just not good enough. And I was like, you have to put in the practice and the work. And you got to care a little bit. Like, you got to really care. And I just can't believe you've been sleeping for like the last three, three and a half hours as we were driving up. Like, you're just like totally fine with it. And he's just so stoic, but I knew that really hurt him. What was the part that hurt him? That when I say you're not good enough. Okay. Yeah, that you have to, you have to, you have to work harder. You know, you can't just like take it lightly. You got to work harder and harder. You're just not good enough to just get up there thinking you're going to get a hit. Like that's the part that Wait, I think but, really. Wait, sorry, hurt hold on, hold yeah. on. Is that not correct? Uh because you yeah. weren't telling him he's not inherently just bad. You were yeah. saying you just need to put in more practice. But so I think what, does, what was he, the part that was? Well, I think the part is like he did practice, like he does practice a lot. Like he he does the things. I mean, he did everything he could possibly do as a 12 year old. I mean, he practices and, you know, part of it is that I take him to the practices. I take him to hitting lessons and stuff like that. But I think I just felt like he needed to do more because he didn't perform well. Right. And so it really hurt him. And so I realized like, like how much shame is affecting that me. And, I, and I, I think when he was like 13 years old or something like that, uh, I wrote better. Right, something I know my wife would never do, but I wrote him a letter, and or no, no, I didn't write him. I wrote him. I I sent him a long text message, and I just said, "Hey, listen, man, I just want to say I love you so much. You know, like, listen, like, I hope I didn't ruin your love for the base for baseball because of how sometimes I get hard on you. And I said, I'm just gonna do better. I'm gonna try my best to be better at it. But if there's ever a moment where you don't want to play anymore, I totally understand. You know, and I and I and I'll take the responsibility. Some of that was probably my fault. 
And, uh, you know, I think that was like a real turning point because mm. he just kind of said, you know what, dad, I still love baseball. I'm still going to play. I love it. I know I'm do it for me, all that stuff. And I was like, well, that's great. If you want to keep doing it, we will just keep working with you and I'll continue to do my best to invest in you as well, like financially, because you need to get lessons and stuff like that. And so I just felt like so many of my, like when he was younger, like when he was like 10, 11, 12, my gosh, man, I was a wreck. So I would get so angry if he didn't perform you know, and stuff. And now it's like, it's so different because I've grown so much since then and I've learned and I've had to deal with the shame stuff and I feel so much better and we're able to support each other. And then he gets angry and I'm like, dude, relax, man. Like, just chill out. Don't worry. It happens. Like, you're going to, there's going to be days where you don't do well. There's going to be some days where you're going to do well. It's just ebb and flow of the game. I was like, chill out. It's okay. And so, but I think like, to me, my shame in that, especially with him, because, you know, I've been harder on him than anyone else because, you know, he's 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 my son and he plays sports and he loves sports. I think I've been hard with him on that. And so it, it, I, the, the the redo is if I could redo it, I, I would love to have identified maybe like shame really early on in my life. Um, even before I had kids, so I could have dealt with it um, so that didn't have to creep into my parenting. But hindsight in all of it you know you know he's still doing well and he's still working really hard and he's trying to play baseball in college and he's that's his one of his goals and one of his dreams so he's working really hard to make that happen so you know more power to him but i would say that's probably one of the parts like one an area that i failed in parenting when he was young that he was growing up and i i felt like he definitely felt like if he didn't perform dad's gonna yell at me dad's gonna yell at me so um but anyway yeah so i take responsibility for that which i think is like the ultimate weak parent thing to do right and yeah um, like you said you know in some ways i know you look back not to like i'm not trying to like take your thing and like sugarcoat it to make it pretty but i feel like just from an outsider's perspective um yeah you say if you had worked with your shame before then he would not have had to go through these things but in the same vein as we discussed mm. earlier you making those mistakes but then you then asking for forgiveness yeah. and then work him seeing you as a broken person work through it to make the effort to reconcile and make it better i feel like in a way is an even bigger lesson yeah because yeah. he once again sees you know what that we're all just works in progress and yeah. we're all yeah. just um relying on god um and none of us are perfect and i feel like it gives him permission to also do the same in his yeah. own life so i feel like that's actually a really beautiful thing to model for him you know Thanks, um, Sua. You're making me feel good. No, I mean, it's um, and also I was thinking um, it, your story of Christian reminded me of um, I'll say it's Lila because she's like, it's funny. So there's this hilarious story of when when Lila was five years old, she stole something. Did I ever nice. tell you the story? No, go Lila. Okay, so. Okay, first of all, can, can we not? <laughs> what? Can we, like, you're a pastor. Please Wait, remember you, who you are. Have you ever stolen anything, Sua? No, but <laughs> oh, you're so not you're so not relatable, man. <laughs> no, I have listen, stolen this is... so much okay, in my we, life. So yes, we remember. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, cassette tapes. But anyways, um, <laughs> she, she okay. So this was actually she when she was five years old. We were in Charlotte, and it was like a Friday. I remember it was a Friday. I, I was emptying out her backpack. And I saw like a little container of slime and one of those like scented pens with like the multicolors. Like it was buried at the bottom yeah, yeah, of her yeah, backpack. Yeah. And I'm looking at it, it goes, what is what is this? I never she I never bought her this. Like, where did she get this? And it was like buried underneath her backpack. That's how I knew it was something sketch, right? It's a little sus because it's like, why is it buried yeah, under here? Yeah, yeah, she never yeah. took it out. 
So I, I take it out of bag and I go to Lila. Remember, she's five years old. And I'm yeah. like, Lila, where'd you get this? And you can tell like, oh my gosh, like it's something bad because she's being caught. very like, she's yeah. panicked. She's panicked. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, finally yeah. she confessed to me that she stole it from the um, fundraiser sale table like you know they every like thursday they have this like yeah. table and they're trying to raise money for the pto or whatever so they have like a variety of items and kids buy them and she said she stole it she just okay. took it okay okay so i'm like i had never dealt with something like this before like i mean i've never stolen in my life clearly yeah, clearly like, you have not, not stolen i'm not that depraved life. like she yeah. is I, but you know but john has so i'm like i go to the parent who has stolen before exactly, exactly so i'm trying to get some yeah. perspective and i'm like listen why do you people john steal? not you yeah. yeah i was like john tell me what people steal just tell me okay so we talked it out and then john, say, i can't um, wait to hear no so that i basically had a little talk with lila and John had a talk with Lila, and we decided that the right thing to do is to return this, but she has to return it. So we told Lila, Daddy's gonna come with you to school mm-hmm. on Monday morning. You're gonna go to the principal and you're gonna confess what you what you did and you're gonna return these items. And then she goes, But what do you think is gonna happen? Could I go to jail? I said, I don't know. It all depends on how the principal feels it's that day. Freaking her I out. cannot tell you. And remember, this was Friday. So she has Saturday and yeah. Sunday to think about this. Oh my gosh, man. Five you terrorize that five-year-old kid. Listen, she needs the fear of the Lord to not do it again. You're going to learn the hard way. So anyway, on Monday, she goes with John. She's sitting there crying. She tells the principal what she did. The principal takes the items. It was over. And she said, don't do it again. It was over. So I'm telling my mom this story, right? And my mom and my dad are like, oh my gosh, like, don't be so hard on her. Like, she must be feeling so guilty. She must be feeling so terrible. Like, you know, like, you just got to like, when she comes back from school, I make sure you're like extra nice to her. She comes back from school. And do you know what this girl does? She comes up to me and she goes, mommy, I need $7. And I said, why? And she goes, because I'm going to buy back the items that I returned. (laughs) Like zero guilt, zero remorse, like no fear whatsoever. Just super happy. She's demanding $7 from me. It's just happy she didn't go to jail. You said she might go to jail. Right. But my point is, I feel like. It's funny because from the parents' perspective, I'm yeah. looking at it kind of the way you look at Christian, and I'm like, yeah. shouldn't you feel some level of yeah. remorse yeah. here? Yeah. Like, don't you feel like you should feel yeah, bad yeah, a little yeah. bit for a couple yeah. of hours at least? Yeah. But I feel like in nope. a way, it's because it's because Christian's identity and self worth is not tied yeah. to his performance yeah. because yeah. you've you've parented him, and God through you has parented him in a healthy way where he does not have shame. Like He yeah. does not feel shame about losing or not playing his best. Yep. He does not tie his self-worth and identity to his score. And it's so Man. ironic that you look at that and you say, why aren't you angry? You should be a little angry. You should feel down about yourself. I want him and to have a little so bit of shame funny. sometimes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's so ironic because yeah, like, it is so we ironic. in our sin, yeah. look at it from That's the way so good. we That's see so it. That's so good. And yeah, we're like, so good. you should feel angry. But she's yeah. like, but you've forgiven me and she's forgiven me and I've made it right. Why should I feel, why should I wallow in my shame? Yeah. And we, because we're broken people, look at it and we're like, you should feel ashamed. That's right. But should That's they? Right. I mean, is that biblical? Like, uh-huh. should Christian feel Sad Jesus Christ hung on that cross, it says in Hebrews, and scorned our shame, scorned our shame. So you're right. You're well, right. How ironic is it of us to like good, you know, do this to them? Look at you. I just find it so that's ironic, so you know, because yeah, I'm yeah. with you. I'm, I'm like, that's why I'm following your story. I'm like, what's wrong with that? He should try <laughs> better. <laughs> you know, he should work harder. You, you, you know, know, you know, you know what it is. I think like because I didn't come out very strong, right? Because I, I can always keep 
like my cool. So I, I won't come out like explosive, but I will say the stuff I want to say, but it's very controlled. But I think the reason why I feel so bad about Asua is because I am boiling inside. Mm. Like I am feeling all the emotions of rage inside. It's like my dad, right? But I just like the grateful thing is that the good thing is that I, I don't display it to my kids. Like I have been able to keep it under wraps. But the fact that I'm feeling it, like I think that's where like the guilt comes in and 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 the feeling of oh god i did something really wrong because i felt rage at that moment like for him like i was so angry yeah and i guess feeling that is what kind of like takes me like it shocks my system and i'm just like i shouldn't be like this like this shouldn't be getting to me like this and i think that's the part of it and so any event yeah so you know having to work on that i think but but honestly the, what you just shared was a, was a really really good point it was a really really good point but uh but yeah so i mean parenting is not easy it's not it's not it's not something that's that's uh that we're going to do successfully always but it's something i think when we make a mistake just asking for forgiveness is really huge but i do want to say one thing about parenting if i if i can just say this is I just think if you're a Christian, our primary goal in parenting our child is not for them to become like successful or financially successful. You know, I think that could be sort of a secondary, uh, maybe a third goal. Our primary goal for our child is that we would be able to raise them so they can grow up to be healthy men and women of God. Like that's our goal. Our goal is for them is so that they can begin to take ownership of their faith, help them to take ownership of their faith so that of their faith so that faith so that it becomes their own. Like that's my goal. I'm not even wearing tight jeans and I'm like getting tongue tied here. But anyway, but that's our goal. And I just think we have to really like have that mindset because the sad reality is is that so many of us were raising our kids so that they can just be financially successful and it's not bad but when you look at the lops it's so lopsided when you look at it to like how we're trying to focus and help them to grow in being a healthy uh child of god and uh somebody that really cares about advancing god's kingdom because that's that's the thing that we have to instill within our children is like god has called you to advance is like to transform Mm -hmm. this world for Jesus Christ. Like you need to know that that's one of your purposes in life. And like so many of our, as parents, we never even talk to our children about that. And it's just, just be successful. Don't worry about it. Be wealthy. And that's it. And just like, there's so much more to life than just that, you know? So I, that's one of the things that I would say. So anything about you, any other things, any nuggets of Sua wisdom? <laughs> yeah. By the way, I've been very impressed of you using those Gen Z slang words. Those what Gen Z slang did I use? You said you use sus in the perfect way. You said hella. Hella is not a Gen Z word. That's like a California oh, that... surfer word. Oh, okay. I, I thought I thought um, that was really I thought that was really smooth. You said hilarious. hella, really good. And you I was said so another angry word, and, and I was like, I'm like, wow. You're like, no. you're really using these little acronyms so well. Well, now. listen, I'm not in a place to be giving anyone advice. And actually, I knew our topic was going to be parenting. And when John came home early, I said to him. You know, I'm supposed to do an episode on parenting and I feel like I am the last person to be giving Uh anybody advice about parenting right now, especially after the debacle of the headband tag this morning. It it always happens Um, when our kids are younger. Yeah. But um, also for another episode, just a little foreshadowing here. I'll tell you, remember when you asked me the question about when I got really, the last time I got really, really angry? Yeah. Ask me that next time and I will tell you a time recently that I got so angry and it was on Ash Wednesday and I had to go to service and I did not even need priming for the repentance. I was like, I am repentant. Like, I was so repentant. So, uh, a story for be- another time. 
Oh yeah, was it because you had to uh, read my? Uh, you had to edit my paper. Is that why you were so angry? No, but I have finished it. I, I you, think you finished it. I think you're it's the best. today. Oh, okay. You're the anyways, best. okay. So okay. back to parenting. Okay. Yes. So I had a couple of thoughts. I'm trying to see if I can organize them in my head. <laughs> One thing I feel like you know, I read a book recently, and it said that in the kingdom of God, in the faith world, there are no grandchildren. Meaning, it's always mm. God and the person. You can't mm-hmm. have grandchildren. Mm, okay? And I really feel like good. a lot that's of times really good. that's how we parent our kids. It's mm. God and then we're in between. That's right. And then it's that's our right. kids. That's and right. So we filter God's Damn. plans for our kids through our own perspective on what yeah. we want them to accomplish. Yeah. So yeah. we filter out, okay, well, God, I don't know about that one, but oh, this one, like the safety will take the safety and the prosperity yeah. will give them, but the hardships and struggles that you want to send them to build them character and refine them eh, we're gonna mm. mix that one like yeah. i feel like that's we that's how we view our that's parental right. role yeah. is to yep. be a filter in between god yeah. and the children but you know like jesus is divine we're all branches yeah. they're not branches sub branches within my branch they're mm. directly linked to jesus as well and i feel like that's what i keep having to remind myself is like god already created them independent of me i mean yes like my womb but Mm -hmm. to be honest like god created them for a purpose Mm. i am a steward i'm here for the time being but they're not my children and i feel like i get in the reason why i get triggered is because i see them as representations of me like Mm -hmm. if they go out into the world and wear a stupid tag on their headband what will the (laughs) teachers think i am like (laughs) what stupid mom let their kid wear a tag to school (laughs) you know if they speak a certain way or if they don't say thank you after a play date or they don't clear their tables at a friend's house or they wear mismatched clothes what will these people think of me that's right that is why i get triggered right yeah but ultimately i keep this is the thing that's really hard for me is like it's not about me like Mm. i i am only their earthly steward that's right their ultimate parent is god and i feel like i have and i keep thinking i need to really raise them up by listening to the spirit's discernment and to the people that god created them to be because god already has a plan for my children that's right i have to get my day to day because i don't i can't see the plans i can see little glimpses but i don't know the full picture you know and um the other part of it is I know, I think your friend Eugene, Pastor Eugene Cho said this once at Metro, like ultimately the goal of parenting is to release them. And yeah. that was so hard for me to hear because I think my kids were like three, maybe like one at the time. And I was like, what do you mean release them? Yeah. Wipe their butts still, like release them where, you know? But the idea of releasing them is like, it gives me so much anxiety and fear. Mm. But I think the only way, and you said this earlier, I feel like, I have to start doing it now. Like yeah. little by little, I'm releasing them now. Yeah. So that when the time comes, if I do my job really well, they won't necessarily need mm-hmm. me. They will yeah. rely on God, but I'm exiting out of the picture and it's going right. to be directly between them and God. That's right. That's right. Um, and that's the ultimate goal. But I feel Absolutely. like sometimes we lose that timing because we're holding onto it so tight and yeah. we're like, no. Like you have to still get all of your advice from me. I want mm. you to do all the things from me. And we want ownership of our children forever. And it's hard. Right. It's really hard because we've invested yeah. so much of our time. We've sacrificed so much. And it's our earthly instinct to be like, you belong to me. Do you know yeah. what I've done for you? Yeah. 
but that's not the biblical way, yeah. right? As you yeah. said earlier, we've got yeah. to release them little by little, let them make their failures yeah. and develop a relationship that's independent of us between them. And yeah. God. You know, it, you know, so I, I just think it's harder for you to imagine that this idea of releasing because your kids are still uh, young, but like when they get to their twenties, like that idea of releasing is such a beautiful thing. And you, you just, it's healthy to just want to release. Not, not, not every parent is like that. But with Christina and Kayla, you know, they're in college. Christina's a, she's a woman. She's graduating. Like that release is such a joy. Like go girl, spread your wings now and do whatever it is God wants you to do. Mm -hmm. You know, like go with your convictions and you do your thing, you know, and stuff. And it's it gets much easier once you start to see them as like an adult and you're like, okay. And it just, it gets, it's just a natural thing. So it's, it's hard to imagine when they're so young, but when they get older, you realize, oh, okay. But you say that, that as if yeah. it's like a natural thing. I have seen plenty of parents with adult children who parent them pretty much exactly the same way that they have when they were six and seven. Yeah. I mean, oh. I feel yeah, like. No, true, true, true. I feel I like that has that. actually yeah. a lot to do yeah. with your perspective on what a parent actually is yeah. and also your own emotional health because yeah. you know you you're a pastor you know yeah. that not all parents release their adult children oh absolutely not especially immigrant parents <laughs> it's like so hard it's like no but uh but yeah so definitely no uh, but uh it's it's a blessing when they can kind of grow into that and and then you just say go spread your wings you can do your thing and and uh, it's really cool. It's cool to see that. So, but yeah, you know, Sue, I think like just hearing you speak, like I think a lot of that stuff, like the idea of like going on with a, a band, you know, with the tag on your bandana or whatever that thing is called, that headpiece <laughs> the is cat called. The cat ear headband. Yeah, the cat ear headband. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of that stemming, I think, from your your generational stuff, right? Because of your, you know, your grandmother, you know, and like this idea of like, you know, we have to be upright and you have to, you know, work twice as hard, you know, your mom's upbringing and stuff like that's the stuff that we kind of bring into our parenting, you know, and you've obviously done a lot of work where you've been able to be much better in it. But it's those are the things I think that are generational things. And that's one of the things I would encourage our audience, figure out what your generational sin patterns are, like look into it, go into the past of your family and look into it. And once you know, and you've identified it, now you have a choice to say, I'm going to let it die with me and I'm not going to give it to my kids or I'm going to give it to my kids. Like if you don't know them, you're going to give it to your kids. But if you know it, you have a choice to not. And I think that's why it's so important to do the work of identifying some of your generational sin patterns so that you realize that there's certain things that have been handed down to you um, as, a, as you know, from, from generation to generation that we just, that we just have, we've inherited, but now we can just say, I'm not going to give this to my kids. You know, I'm going to do my best to not give it to my kids. So anyway, that's one of the things. And uh, I have a couple of suggestions. Can I share a couple more before sure. we end? Uh, parents, it's very important that you show a lot of PDA in the house. Okay. Uh, when I'm saying PDA, I'm, I'm talking about PDA with your spouse, not the kids. Like I'm sure you're going to love on your kids, show them. But I just think it's so important for your kids to grow up in a home where they see mom and dad totally into each other with passion. Like that's such a healthy place to be. And so I don't think like you should hide it and try to conceal it. But I think you need to be very open and let them see how much mom and dad love each other and that there's that that they actually have passion for each other and they love being around each other. Like that is so key. Like I can't stress how important that is because that helps them. It's a model that they see and it's a model that, you know, that they want to also live and emulate when they get older. And, and you're teaching them how to be good 
a good husband. You're teaching him how to be a good wife. I just, I can't stress that enough. Um, uh, PDA in the house is really, really important. And I think that's key. The other thing I would say, and if, stop me if you have any anything you want to inter- interject there, Sua. I'm just going to read these off like bullet points. The other thing I would say is that you, parents, you need to have the sex talk with your kids before they hit puberty. So that means around eight years old, you should have the sex talk with them. And dads, I'm going to speak to you specifically. It's imperative that you take the lead when speaking to your, like the when, when it when involves your daughter. That it is so important for the the daughter to hear sex from her father. And so typically, I know these are uncomfortable conversations to have, but it's so important to have this conversation because if, 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 you, don't, if you don't share that with them, then they're going to learn sex from school. They're going to learn it from YouTube, whatever it is. They're going to learn it from the world. And, and I just want your... I think it's good for your kids. The first time they learn about sex is actually from their parents, like in a healthy way. I think that would be fantastic. So that's another thing I would encourage you guys to do. And I'm grateful that we did that with our kids. And I think it's really helped in many ways. Um, what else did I have? I think that's really it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, the la- the other thing I would say is, um, parents, you guys got to be unified in how you're going to discipline your kid. All right. Like you got to be unified on that because if, if, if one parent is a certain way and then the other parent tries to go say, stop, 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 don't do that. I think it's going to send a lot of missed messages. So just make sure you guys are completely unified in it. And then like we just shared about asking for forgiveness when you make a mistake, I think it's so key. It's so key. And one of the last things that I that helped me, like with our kids, I try to get at a young age, like I try to get my kids to share their emotions every single day. And so when they were really young, like I just said, you know, just share one thing that made you happy, one thing that made you sad. Like we share that at the dinner table. Like I make dinner time a time where we could it's a, a time of sharing our emotions and you know they're young they don't fully know how to engage in it but i think it's important that we talk about it and then like my kids started to see it as a contest so after we would pray after a meal like you would hear first second third <laughs> you know and i'm like okay and they just love to just share and you know and and then we would help them because if we knew if we knew they went through a bad day that we would try to help them process when they share stuff like that was really hard for them and then, you know, Jenny and I would share stuff that was really hard as well. So I think that's really key. So anyway, those are just some advice that I would give for parenting uh, that I think has helped us along along the years uh, as, we, as we raised our three kids that I think has served us really well. So hopefully it'll serve you guys if it's, if it's helpful or not. So I anyway. feel like, I mean, obviously I agree with all of your bullets. I think they're great. Um, I will say one thing that maybe is a little bit scarier to think about but i once read a quote that said parenting is what happens when you're not paying attention Mm. and i feel like it kind Mm. of um it was it was really like i really thought about it a lot because i think we do episodes like this where we outline oh these are some really great things you should do as parents or these are some really great nuggets of wisdom for parenting but we don't really think about the fact that most of parenting is who we are and what yeah. they see in their regular days, yeah. but not those times when, you know, they steal and we sit down and we have a little talk with them or not those times when we even like the sex talk, which is great, but that's not the bulk of parenting, right? These yeah. are like those isolated moments. The yeah. real parenting, the bulk of parenting is what happens when we just are who we are and yeah. how they see us in the everyday. And I feel like that's why I know this goes without saying, but that's why it's so hard for us like us to prioritize our own relationships with God mm. and um, do our own spiritual disciplines and work on, you know, go to therapy and work on ourselves and work on the things that, you know, um, are damaging us because 
if we're not healthy, no matter how many bullets we implement, yeah. we cannot be good parents, yep. you know, because they impossible. are watching us be who it's we possible. are. Yeah, um, it's impossible. Yep. Right. So I feel, and you know, this is one of the reasons why some, sometimes people ask me like, oh, don't you want to go back to work? Like your kids are um, in elementary school now, like you have the whole day um, to be free. Like, don't you want to go back to work? And I've really thought about this a lot mm. because um, I have been offered jobs like multiple times. Like I've really thought about it. Yeah. But, you know, I've come to a place where I realize like parenting is so much more than the administrative logistical things yep. that we do, yep. like making them food, changing your you. diaper, picking them up from school, taking them to their extracurriculars. It's it's all the in-between. That's Absolutely. like the real meat of the parenting. Yes. And I have noticed that when I am very, I feel overextended, like even little things like I've met like too many people for lunch this week and I'm tired emotionally. I am not a good parent to my kids yeah. when they come home. So I have to really, I, I've had to reevaluate, like, what do I do in that time that they're gone at mm. school? Is this my time to be doing all of my efficient activities yeah. and squeeze everything in? And that's how I did it for a while because it was so nice for the first time in my life to not be bogged down by children at the supermarket yeah. or not being able to see my friends. But then I st started noticing this pattern where I was giving my kids like the leftovers of me because mm. I was doing all of the things that I wanted. And yep. when my kids come home and want to tell me about their day, I snap at them or I'm like yeah. too busy scrolling my Instagram because I'm checked out emotionally. Like I don't yeah. want to talk to people. And then I realized, oh my gosh, parent, because, but I'm like, I'm still feeding them. I'm still taking them to their violin. I'm still taking them to lacrosse, but that's not what parenting is. Parenting yeah. is the stuff that happens in between in the car Absolutely. ride when they're yep. talking to you yep. and you're listening or when yep. they say something and you don't yell at them immediately because yep. you're so Absolutely. tired from your job. And Absolutely. I feel like this is the yep. perspective shift that I've experienced recently is we can tell you all of the bullet points about how to be good parents, how yep. to implement good, healthy habits. But if you yourself are not in a healthy place and you're not yeah. working on yourself and you're not plugged into the spirit, you mm. cannot be a good parent because most of parenting is what happens when you're not paying attention. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's it's my so soliloquy important. of the day. I have I I have one last thing. And I think this 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 will reveal how much of a healthy parent you are or not. Uh, that's really helped me over the years. Um, ask your kids for feedback on your parenting mm. and say, could you share with me maybe two or three things that I can do to be a better mom or can you share two or three things that where I can do to be a better dad. And when you take your kids out or where you're in the car, if you ask him that question, um, give them the power to share mm. their thoughts. And if you don't want to do it, um, I think that probably says kind of, mm -hmm. you know, maybe mm -hmm. where you might be in terms of your emotional health. Because I hope the people that are going to give you the best feedback on that are going to be your kids, nobody else. All right, you can go talk to a uh, psychologist. I'm sure they're going to help you and stuff, but nobody's going to give you better feedback than your children if you give them the power and they feel like there's not going to be any repercussions if they hurt your feelings, <laughs> you know. But that's why, like, you know, when I used to take my kids out on a date, I used to just say, "Hey, can you just share two or three things that maybe I could do better as a dad and uh, get feedback from them?" I think that would be really helpful and be a better father, be a better mother, you know, through it. And not all their feedback is going to be accurate, but I think like the deeper stuff, the you know. They, they can they can give them the platform to share it and they may share it with you and it could be so healing for them and healing for you. So that could be really helpful. But you're absolutely right. That in between is so critical to just, you know, giving them food, taking them to different things, all that stuff. Like, yes, that's parenting. Yes. But it's the administrative part of it. But it's the it's the doing life together that mm -hmm. you like you said, mm -hmm. Sua, 
is so critical. And I hope that we can just continue to do that. So yeah, if you have any thoughts, any comments on it, you know, please let us know. Uh, but we're just so grateful that you listened today. And I will promise you, Sua, uh, our next question for the next episode will have to be, <laughs> what was the when was the last time you were angry and share with us what what that was like so i already wrote that down here in my notes for the next time so we want to thank you all for listening and uh, we hope that you'll join us again next week for a new episode take care <laughs>